the coronavirus. Many of you are not scared, but many of you are scared. And today is a special edition of the Thriving on Purpose podcast where we address the coronavirus and what kind of response we should have before it as believers. Are you ready? Let's dig deeper. Welcome to the Thriving on Purpose podcast, hosted by certified coaches Elizabeth and Sebastian Richard. Elizabeth is a Christian life and leadership coach, branding consultant, and busy mompreneur. Sebastian is a Christian speaker, Bible teacher, author, and leadership expert. Together, they help today's committed believers to dig deeper in their knowledge and walk with God in order for them to grow and climb higher in life and leadership. If you want to dig even deeper, make sure to visit thrivingonpurpose.com for more free resources and content. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Thriving on Purpose podcast. Um, As you know, we weren't supposed to do a podcast, but under the circumstances, we really felt that um, since, you know, basically the world is in fear right now, there's a lot going on that we wanted to inform you and um, educate you on certain things that we know that God has shown us through the years um, and that we've studied many, many years ago that we know can help you and um, can, you know, basically remove fear from your life. Um, There are some things that we might say that might um, scare you in some ways, in the sense that it's new knowledge, it's new information, but um, you'll understand a little more as you listen to this podcast. Our, Our goal is really to help you in your faith, to strengthen your faith during this time and to equip you with the things that are necessary for you to get through this time and to really think about your the future of your family and um, you know basically using your intellect and uh, becoming self-sufficient uh, with God and not depending on the government for your needs. Amen to that. That's one of the bigger problems right now is what we're seeing is people are reacting. And when people plan, usually they don't react the same way. In other words, when they act, when they are intentional and stuff like that happens, stuff like the coronavirus and everything, all the uh, the subsequent shockwaves of that, when these things happen, if people are prepared, if people are leading their lives, they will not react the same way as those who depend on the government, like you mentioned, or who depend on the news media for their information. What we're seeing this this craze, and and I say I say it's a craze because we've seen reactions that are completely illogical. I mean, why would people buy tons and tons and tons of toilet paper when this is not a stomach flu? I mean, this it makes absolutely no sense, right? So obviously, yes, if you're quarantined, you do need toilet paper, but that's no reason to go nuts like that and empty the store shelves. That's just one example of so many other things that have been going on. And and last few days and and weeks even in regards to the coronavirus response. So today we will address that. Uh, We think it's important to address it biblically 
to address it in faith and not in fear, but also to address it from a point of view of being prepared. What, what does a prepared citizen look like? What does a prepared Christian look like? What, uh, if you visit their home, what will you find there? I think that's important too to address because God has given us a brain and we are not to be just faith drones who are, how can I put this, only depending on, on, on stuff to materialize out of the ether because we have faith. We still have to plan ahead. You know, they say those who fail to plan, plan to fail. Well, that, I think uh, it, that applies to every area of life, including emergency situations. And I think it's very important, especially if you have a family, to be prepared for an emergency. Absolutely. Okay, so I'm going to start by asking you, what should a believer do to prepare himself for any type of crisis that may occur? Because now it's a pandemic. Um, it might be something else. Uh, well, we know it's going to be something else because we are in the end times and we know the, what the Bible says about the end times. So basically, this is just the beginning. So what can we do to protect ourselves and our families um, right now? Well, yeah, right right now might be too late a little bit because if you weren't prepared prior to the coronavirus, uh, you might say, okay, I, I, I'm going to prepare, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stock up. Uh, you might be disappointed when you get to the store, obviously, especially when it comes to certain items. But I think it's important as believers to be on alert, be on guard, because Jesus in Matthew 24, when he, when he gives us the lowdown of what things will be like in the end times, he basically tells us to be prepared. So like he says, don't be alarmed. You know these things are coming. Why? Because I told you 2,000 years ago. <laughs> so we know as believers that these things are coming. And a shame on us, in a, in a way, if we didn't prepare adequately. And when I say adequately, it, it's a bare minimum to have anywhere between two weeks to three months of uh, food stocked up, okay? And I think that's a bare minimum. I mean, if you have a family and you're just living paycheck to paycheck every two weeks, getting your what you need to survive, and you don't have anything to protect your family in case, I don't know, in case the electric grid goes down, in case a virus or pandemic breaks out like we're, we're seeing right now, it's being prepared for the consequences. Because, like I told Liz this week, I'm not scared of the coronavirus or of catching it or even my kids catching it. That's not what's scaring me right now. What's scaring me is the reactions of people and what the shockwaves of their reaction are causing. So, they be, people in a panic become very unpredictable. They're just like wounded animals. You don't know what they're going to do and the proof is in the pudding. I think everybody was in shock when they saw that it was the toilet paper that got the yeah. that got the priority on their list and that they were going crazy for that. Um, it's, it's a running gag now on Facebook, on social media. But at the same time, it's, it's scary to see how illogical people can be in a, in a crisis like that. So first of all, you know, something that we've done years ago is we bought some um, extra... Uh, armoires like how do you call that kitchen cupboards, cabinets cupboards. cupboards and we put some of those in the garage or in the basement we've been doing that for years from house to house that we moved this is nothing new for us um, because we were informed of these things years ago and for some of you this is all new but basically what you're supposed to do is 
you know, stock up on canned goods, on um, rice, on beans, on flour. Um, ideally, you know, buy yourself a bread maker, learn how to use it now. Um, and so that way, you know, you're thinking, you know, I have to be self-sufficient. What do I need to do? What, are, what do the kids need to, to do uh, to eat if I can't go to Walmart and get bread, there right? And so this is something that we applied long time ago because most of the homes that we lived in, we were pretty much in the countryside. And, you know, to go to the city at the time was pretty far. Uh, now it's not so much the case, but on the island that we live in, um, oftentimes, you know, there's uh, no electricity. Um, then you you lose uh, running water. Um, sometimes the roads are so bad. They're so slippery. It takes them forever to put salt or whatever. So we can't even get to the Walmart. So we had to learn, you know, let's be self-sufficient on our own and stop relying on, you know, the superstore to feed us and see how much we can do on our own. If ever we had to rely you know, and stay a month in our house, how would we eat? You know, what do we need? Exactly. And so when you kind of, you know, and it's not to scare you, but it's just to be smart. Because see, like the in the case right now, they're quarantining everybody. They're saying, don't get out of your house. In Italy, they have drones in the street and they're really, you know, adamant about that. They want nobody to get out of their home. So these people, if they're not prepared, have no choice to survive in their home. And if they weren't prepared, well, I don't know what they're gonna eat, right? Yeah. So there's the dried food, there's the canned food, there's marinated food. Anything that's marinated in vinegar could last many, many years. Um, chickpeas, you know, lentil soup, stuff like that that you can cook in your Rice, crock pot. You mentioned. Um, yeah, you can make a lentil soup that can feed your family for quite a few days. Um, it's dried. It lasts years in your um, cupboard. And so what we do is we kind of do a rotation of that where we, um, you know, when you see that stuff is not getting eaten up as much, um, then you basically make a recipe, you know, get rid of it, eat, you know, consume it, or go to the food bank, give some to the poor um, in your community, and then restock so that you don't, you know, you check your dates and you always make sure that you have a, a good supply for a couple of years, that it's nothing that's gonna go out of, uh, a, a, you know, expiration date. So um, cereal, a really good you can keep cereal for a very long time um what else is there Bastion? well you, you, uh, i like peanut butter <laughs> yeah peanut, peanut butter is good protein and it keeps long so that's always good to have peanut butter some people eat marinated eggs um i think it's pretty disgusting but some people but like it can keep you going exactly so i've actually heard of a story of someone that had gone through war and he said that that was the only thing I heard his survival story. And he said, I had a big, big jar of marinated eggs. He had some jam and he had a few uh, marinated vegetables from his garden. And he survived months and months on that just by eating, you know, the that kind of food. He said he was down like when the, the war was over, he was down to his last <laughs> last quantity of eggs. But it served him a really, really long time in his, him and his family. So, you know, there's a lot of stories like that, but it's just smart to uh, plan. There's also medication, you know. Yeah. We take Tylenol. these things for granted. Yeah. Tylenol, when your kid has a fever, um, you know, um, different things that you might need, that you might have uh, health issues that you need to, you know, have under control, that you need certain things. So it's good to get some extra medication, oftentimes the expiration date, it actually toughs longer than when they say. And so, you know, you can stock up on anything that's disinfectant, 
um, you know, that's antibacterial for your kids, polysporin kind of thing. We have, we have access to a company where we shop online directly to the consumer. So we don't have to deal with any middle people. Like we don't, it's not in a store. They're manufacturers. They're manufacturers. And so we can get our stuff from them directly by just, uh, shopping online so what kind of stuff are we talking about liz yeah so we're talking about what they do have especially if right now you're out of these supplies they have first aid kits uh they have hand sanitizer hand sanitizer guys hello yeah so exactly (laughs) if you need that high demand for that yeah it's out of this it's out of the shelves right now so if you guys need some supply uh, for this our company that we know has uh hand sanitizer they have quite a few uh, bottles of that they haven't gone out of stock because they, they manufacture 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 it there's um, a product that is a really good disinfectant that we use um, that you know cleans gets rid of salmonella cleans your countertops uh, you know if there's if one of your kids is sick you can disinfect your you know um, <laughs> everywhere they pass basically you know they sneeze on remotes and <laughs> on all kinds of stuff so we uh, wipe down with uh, those disinfectant products. We have wipes that are disinfectants. Um, It's a bit like Lysol. It's uh, just as strong, but it's not toxic. So that's what we like about them. That's why we've been using them because we don't want to bring, you know, really toxic products in our family because we do have young kids. I mean, they've got toilet bowl bowl cleaners. They've got vitamins, soaps, shampoos, detergent, a fabric softener, anything you need for your household. So, and if, anything you need to make sure that you're germ-free in a germ-free environment. So, if you guys are used to shopping to Costco or Walmart and you notice that the shelves are empty and you got there too late, it's not too late. We're just telling you we're laying, we're uh, reaching out to you guys if uh, if ever you need just reach out, yeah. back, reach out back to us and we can hook you up with these products. Yeah, so the best way to uh, get that information from us is info at thrivingonpurpose.com. So info at thrivingonpurpose.com. You can email us there. Um, you can also, also check out our Facebook page, facebook.com, a thriving purpose, and uh, reach out to us through Messenger there and we'll uh, let you know where we get our supplies for, um, for these products especially since right now, uh, unfortunately, people have actually wiped out um, soaps, dishwasher soaps, dishwasher tabs, I mean, all kinds of stuff. And you know, the other thing um, I want to mention, so that company I was telling you about, we had been dealing with them in the past for uh, about three years now because we like the fact that we don't have to go out for these things all the time. We don't have to be reliant on, uh, we have to go out for this. I like to get my fresh stuff and basically get all that other stuff online and ship to my door so I don't have to, you know, run out of things. Like they have another alternative to polysporin that's uh, even better and that kills germs and stuff. If your kids have cuts, they have band-aids, they have everything. They have like over 500 products. But I noticed this week when I went to Walmart, we went because we wanted to see honestly what the, the craziness was about. And we said, oh, you know, we're just gonna get a few extra cans and we're going to get some some extra rice, you know, a few things that we figured, you know, why not stock up a little extra? And um, we noticed that people weren't buying the right thing. No, like no. people, you know, basically um, the only right thing I saw people buy was water. 
Um, apart from that, people were, you know, they cleaned out the toilet paper aisle. We actually have pictures. There's like nothing, no Scott towel, uh, no Kleenex, uh, just a few napkins. And, you know, all the eggs are still there. All the fresh produce are still there. I actually, I was in shock when we reached the, the, the cold products aisle where they keep the cheese, the yogurt, the eggs, the milk. None of that was touched. None of that was touched. And there was nobody there. Yeah. They were all crammed in the other aisles where the toilet paper is, the, the bottled water, yeah. hand sanitizer. So guys, I mean, eggs make a really good, inexpensive supper. You can make an omelet for your kids and, you know, and uh, dice keep, some potatoes. They keep, they keep quite long. I mean, most people are quarantined right now for 14 days. I mean, most eggs will last that long. But see, that's the thing. Most people that bought did not buy thinking they were going to get quarantined. And so what happened is, by the time we went to the store, we noticed all the cans were on sale, okay? I'm telling you, like, I left with a pallet of 24 cans just because they dropped down to 59 cents. 54 cents, cents. 54 the Campbell's cents. soup. I, I haven't seen that price in 10 years. And so I figured, ah, you know what? It's always practical. If we lose electricity, we have um, a fire stove. We can always, you know, make heat up soup on top of that or whatnot. So I always like to have those cans. Um, because we do like to have soup once in a while and I make my own soup, but you know, in case. And um, it's always practical when you're not feeling well as well. But I noticed nobody was touching them. Nobody was touching the Campbell's soup. We were the only ones taking canned no goods in our, st in our uh, yeah, shopping basket. People were just, so like, just shopping some fresh stuff, didn't touch the eggs or the, the milk or any of that. And neither the cereal... Uh, nor the jams, nor the things, you know, that you, you would need just to make basic uh, survival food, basic meals for your kids. And so um, I, I really, <laughs> I was surprised. And then what happened is we noticed we had gone into town for something else. And we noticed that people were like jam-packed in line for uh, to go to the Walmart, um, at the other stores, like the basic, you know, food stores. There were lineups and lineups of an hour of wait on the Friday night when when people started getting out, like people started getting, like were waking up and started understanding the news, what was happening. Then they got scared and they were like, okay, I might run out of food. They might quarantine us like they're doing elsewhere. And then the lineup started. But by then, it was late for a lot of people because people couldn't get their hands on anything else that was really important, right? So now the rumor is that people are like, okay, stay in your house because our government told us to stay in our house. That's what's happening in Canada. They're all like scared because they think that the virus is going to uh, dissipate in the air or something that, you know, it's just going to leave because everybody is locked up and it won't spread anymore. So that's what's going on where, where we're at. In the States, it's probably worse than that. But anyhow, so all this to say, um, you know, make sure that you have this reserve at all times. You know, yeah, don't wait for a pandemic exactly. to go run to the store. You won't have enough store. You won't have enough food for months and months. Like this is something that you should be doing on a regular basis. You see pasta on sale. You grab a few extra, there you know, you and yeah. that's how I did it for years. I didn't start buying a hundred bucks of dried no. food. Like I just would, okay, this is on sales really cheap. I oh, know I can store that for a couple of years. Okay. Yeah. 
Let's get some extra, some of that spaghetti sauce in jars, uh, whatever, you know, like you, you, when you start thinking about that, then you start seeing, okay, that's on sale. I'm going to use that. I'm so basically that make it part, make it part of your regular grocery shopping. When, like Elizabeth said, you see something that's really on a good sale. For example, the Campbell soup that was 54 cents. Well, I couldn't leave that there. Obviously we took, tw we took 24 cans because we know usually it's a dollar and what dollar 20 a can. So it was less than half the price that we're used to paying. So for us, that was a great deal. So we took it. Uh, so when you're shopping and doing your groceries, you see those sales, just grab an extra few cans and it doesn't have to bust your budget. You can just like do yeah, that and on the other thing, basis. The other thing, it depends where you live. For us, if we lose electricity for whatever reason, um, we, it's also happened that the government has shut down our electricity because they had repairs and stuff to do because of bad storms and whatnot. Um, so even if we originally didn't lose electricity because of a storm, they shut us down so they could do repairs. So uh, what happens is since our water, um, you know, functions with electricity, um, we had no water. So for some of you that live in the city, that's not a problem. If you have, uh, you know, no electricity, you still get water. But you should always be planning to, you know, put water aside because that obviously is super essential if ever your water goes uh you don't have access to any water. And Sebastian, you want to tell them about the container you were telling me yeah, about? Yeah, it's called the Big Berkey. Uh, you guys might have heard of it. It's a water filtration system. It's quite costly, but once you have it and you have filters that, that go with it, it's going to last you for years and years and years, probably until you die because it's very, very high quality. And uh, that's to be used, a Big Berkey is to be used when, let's say the grid goes down. You don't have any more running water and you want, obviously water is so important to consume, right? So if the store shelves are empty, like they are now for bottled water, it's, it's becoming increasingly hard to find bottled water because uh, it's, it's not like toilet paper, but it's still hard to find. So bottled water is, is a sought after item. So when this runs out, a lot of people will just drink tap water, but we know what they put in our tap water. They put fluoride they, in, in most cities. They put added additives, all kinds of stuff that you might be drinking that's bad for you. So it's always good to have a filtration system. If you don't have money for a Big Burger, you can always buy a Brita, which is less costly, not as efficient, doesn't filter out as much stuff, but still gives you good drinking water. But what I like about the Big Burger is that you can uh, um, gather rainwater and it's going to do just fine. You can go to the river, take a big bucket load of water, you shove it in your big Berkey and it's going to clean it out for you to consume. So that's what's great about the yeah, big Berkey. Yeah, you can even take snow and shove it in there and it's going to melt, melt the snow, out. Melt the snow, yeah, exactly. And use that. So you'll never run out of pure drinking water if you have a big Berkey. So that's a good thing to have on hand or, if, or a Brita or some water filtration system if ever you don't have any running water for some reason. Yeah, I like those big, big, big containers. How much liters are in there? I forget. You know, those really big ones that you put in those... Um, the dispensers. Yeah, yeah the dispensers. The big, the big bottles there. Like, yeah, I think it's yeah, there's, 20 liters. They're really, really big. You can get them at the, the store and you fill them out. Like, it's always good to just have one of those in your house, in your kitchen, um, you know, and just use those big containers of water and then just store yeah, and you don't need them. The, you don't need the machine to go with it. You can just buy one and store it and, and they, it keeps quite long. I mean, it's water, right? So it's, it's sealed. Yeah. So you can keep it in storage. And when problems occur like this, well, you have fresh water that you can drink. 
Exactly. So what about investing? What happens to the economy when a pandemic like this happens? Well, we saw how everything is halted, right? I mean, the, the schools are closing down. Uh, the economy slows down because now they're telling people to not get out of their houses. So um, they don't buy as well. They, <laughs> they buy certain items more, but they don't necessarily buy as much. They don't consume. They don't go to cinemas anymore. Cinemas are closed down as well. The movie theaters are closed down. Yeah, everything's pretty much stopped. Everything is stopped and halted. So obviously it slows down the economy. And what ended up happening this week, we saw a a major, major stock market crash. And of course, uh, a a lot of people, uh, investors who are not very savvy, when that happens, they call their, their the investment advisor and they say, oh my goodness, the stock market market crashed. Take, give, give me my money. Take it out right now. Take it out. Or they go in a panic and it's counterintuitive because they, they just, they react. Again, and I spoke of reacting, how bad that is. My reaction when I saw the stock market crash, I was like, oh. Here's my chance to invest in all the companies that dip that are gonna go back up eventually. So that's how you need to think. What opportunity will come from this crisis? And there's a plenty of opportunities that are arising, not only to help or add value to people who are struggling, that's that's another thing I wanted to address. You are believers, you're representatives of the kingdom of God. Your government is the kingdom of God. You see needs around you. Try to lend a hand. Try to give good advice. Try to be a force for good. I think it was A.W. Tozer who said, a scared world needs a fearless church. And a fearless church, my friends, begins with you. Okay? So if you if you give in to the fear, if you give in to the um, crowd reaction, panics, and, and fear, fearfulness, you're not helping the situation. You're, you're part of the problem. You're not part of the solution. And as believers in the Most High, as kingdom citizens, we are to be part of the solution. So if we're not part of the solution, we're part of the problem. And of course, you need to make smart decisions. And oftentimes in a, a crisis situation, smart decisions will be counterintuitive. They will go counter to what you're seeing on the news. They will go counter to what you're hearing on the news. You will do things differently. That is what Jesus called us to be, the salt and light of the world. And the salt and light does things differently. The salt adds flavor. Light uh, lights up darkness. And obviously, we're in very dark times right now. I personally believe that these dark times will are not the... I don't think this is the, the end. I think this might be part of the birth pangs, definitely. But I don't think this is what it can, is going to catapult the world in uh, the events of Revelation that are going to bring back Jesus Christ. It might just be the beginning of it. It might just be. That's my uh, humble opinion. That's my two cents. You, you do what you want with that. Of course, behind all of this, there's a coerced effort, I think, of the world's governments to... Uh, to try to test out and see how the population will react. Because I think the major problem here is not the virus itself, if there even is a virus, okay? I'm not even 100% sure there is a virus. There probably is. There probably is. But if there, the main problem here is I think that there is testing going on. In other words, the governments, 
the people in high places who are not of God, who are of the enemy, are testing to see how people will react. So they can plan what they're going to do as a quote-unquote new world order. So when they see people react in this crisis situation, they can assess and, okay, so this is how they reacted when we did this. So we can assume that when we do such and such, they will react in such and such a way. So it's like a test, a field test to see what's going to go down. And uh, it, so far, we're as a population, we're failing the test. It's obvious. I mean, just look at the news. There's fights breaking out at Costco. Seriously, guys? I mean, <laughs> for toilet paper, <laughs> which makes no sense, like I said earlier. So um, we're just basically falling into their hands and not reacting properly. And as believers, it is our job to act properly, no matter what the circumstances are. Act in faith, act with intelligence, act with integrity. Now, uh, if this keeps up, if this uh, virus situation is not contained and made well in a few weeks or days, it's only going to get worse. So then we're going to see other problems like theft and, and more, more arrests, more fights, more uh, unruly behavior from people. And uh, that's when it gets really scary for people who have families, for people who are trying to uh, survive or make it. That's when people start breaking into houses to steal uh, and, and all that stuff. So you need to be aware of these things. You need to, to know that, like when I hear people say the government has their best interest, I mean, that is so naive. God has your best interest. The kingdom of God, your government as a believer, has your best interest. The governments of this world have their own pockets, their own interests at heart. And they do things that are very, very wicked and that are hidden from plain sight. And that when you watch the news, you may be led to think, oh yeah, the government's got my back. They're, they're doing everything they can. Uh, but trust me, this is, not, this is not who you're supposed to put your trust in. Okay, In these times, this is not who you're supposed to put your trust in. So if you're a believer... And you have your trust in your government. I mean, as much as uh, you may appreciate what Trump is doing, or in my case, Trudeau, I don't appreciate what Trudeau is doing, but as, let's say I, I did appreciate what he's doing. <laughs> the, the point is you can't trust your government right now. Okay, You have to trust in God. You have to renew your faith. You have to ask for the guidance of the Holy Ghost. And what I'm telling you right now is stuff you're supposed to do daily. Not just when a crisis hits. I know when the crisis hits, oftentimes we fall to our knees harder than usual. And it's funny because there was that kind of story in the screw tape letters written by C.S. Lewis. Uh, for those of you who are not familiar with that book, it's, a, it's an elderly, a more mature and, and experienced demon teaching his younger apprentice how to tempt humans and how to make them uh, fall for the dark side and all the ploys of the devil. And it was funny because a war broke out in Europe and the younger demon was elated. Going to the older demon say, yes, war broke out. This is going to be awesome. And the older demon said, how naive you are. Because when a crisis hits, that's when men hit their knees hardest. That's when revivals happen. That's when people start turning to God for help. It is very good that we have bloodshed and death. 
But on the other hand, we may have to deal with a lot more revival and, and, and Christian faith being renewed as a result. So he was basically telling him, crisis brings about uh, new believers, new believers, getting closer to God, people getting closer to God and, and, and good things. And I hope that's what it's bringing about in your life right now. You need to renew your faith. You need to stay away from the fear uh, pandemic because it is a fear pandemic, which brings us to where we're going to close. We're not going to make this podcast too long. We're going to close to the podcast with a psalm, Psalm 91. You, you guys are probably familiar with it. But I think it's more than uh, appropriate in these times to make that your family motto. Make that psalm your daily meditation. Uh, because in these times, that's exactly what it is spoken of in, in, the psalm, in Psalm 91. And I'm going to read it to you guys from the English Standard Version. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. And let me repeat that. And from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High, who is my refuge. No evil shall be allowed to befall you. No plague come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the adder. The young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot. Because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble I will rescue him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Now, the salvation that God is talking about, I, I know a lot of New Testament believers will, will think this is the salvation in Jesus Christ. And yes, it is partly that. But back in the Old Testament days, when the word salvation was used, it was oftentimes being saved from trouble, from physical harm. And that psalm is very clear about that. This is going to protect you. This psalm is about protection from real troubles, physical troubles. So the salvation of the Lord in this context is about your body. It's about uh, your home. It's about your family. So those who stay in faith and who make Yahweh 
who make Yahushua, Jesus Christ, uh, their refuge, who make his name their refuge, they will be carried upon by angels and they will tread upon the scorpion and the serpent and the lion. And they will see this through. They will get through this. And this psalm needs to become your chant. It needs to become your cry of victory. It needs to become your, med your daily meditation because it will encourage you, strengthen you, fortify you amidst this panic of this pandemic, whether real or created or fake. It will sustain you. Absolutely. And I think um, I just want to add to that, you know, a lot of believers are reading these verses and I mean, it's really great to to meditate on these things. But, you know, what we talked about in the beginning is essential for you to put into practice because the Lord gave you a brain. He gave you smarts and he expects you to be smart about how you're going to provide for your family. And, you know, obviously we can't store for a year of food, right? No. I mean, you know, there's so much that we can do, but the point is you have to do something. Exactly. Just reading your Bible and saying, I'm just going to expect God to drop food in front of my doorstep is not the way that God wants you to, to, to think. And, um, you know, I don't want you to get in that fear mode. I've known a lot of remnant Christians that have gotten in that fear mode where, you know, they're like it's stocking they up about. and stocking up. And look, we were there 10 years ago. We're stocking up like crazy. We're in fear. We're like, oh my gosh, the government is going to do this to us, do that. And we knew a lot of stuff that was going on um, through people that were telling us information through the army. And it was really alarming. And so when we just stayed in that mode, it just felt like we were just never going to make it and never going to be able to stock enough to succumb such a crisis you know and so there has to be a, a middle ground where you say you know what i've got the essentials that's gonna last me for i don't know three six months and you know the rest the rest is in god's I'm, hands i'm in god's hands you know exactly. you can't do more than what you can do but at least you've done something exactly you know and so if you do uh, have to be quarantined for a while then it's no big deal your fa family doesn't suffer and, you know, and always meditate, always reread these verses. You know, we had devotional with our children this morning explaining what was going on. They were hearing about the virus at school, starting to panic. You know, Marissa and Caitlin had a cold. They thought they had the virus. <laughs> and we had to sit down with them and, and talk about what God says about all this. And they were really calmed and had peace, you know, that God has uh, everything under control and we have to be like little children that understand yes. that you know God we are in God's refuge and he is sheltering us and he's watching over us and he won't let anything harmful happen to us but be smart regardless and the other thing I want to say about the the investing Sebastian forgot to mention we're going to put a few links in uh, the podcast show notes of uh, different places that you can invest right now where silver and gold are um, very low right now and you can buy um, if you have some money aside you can purchase some of that so that when the stocks and everything go back higher you'll have invested and you'll have made some some money out of the situation so that can help your family down the road yeah and, and our uh, listeners might be wondering why silver and gold because it's very simple uh, because we know that um, 
our currency, our dollars, whether you're in the States, in Canada, or anywhere else in the world, our currencies that are emitted by our governments are fiat currencies, that they are, are not representative of the true value of products. But silver and gold are God's money. Why? Because there's true values associated with silver and gold. They are limited. In other words, you, you can't create it out of the ether unless you found a way a philosopher's stone or find something to create silver and gold. But what I'm saying is these, these are have true value because there's a rarity there and there's a process behind re refining it and making it into coins or bullions or whatever. So there's true value there. And it also diversifies your portfolio. So it's always good to have some in a safe stocked in somewhere uh, so that you can have access to this uh, various investments. And uh, also with the stock market crash, it's interesting to note that the gold and silver did dip a little bit too. So it's, also, it's a good time. If you're going to buy some, buy some now because it did dip and it's probably going to go back up when all this is over if, if this gets to, to be over which I think would should, shouldn't last uh, for an eternity, but we'll see, right? We're winging it in and out. We're seeing how, how things are going to happen. But uh, it's a good time to buy silver and gold. And we're going to, like Liz said, give you a couple of uh, links to some websites where they do sell that to give you uh, uh, some options. Yeah. And I encourage you to go to thrivingonpurpose.com. We have uh, all kinds of podcasts that you can listen to. Uh, right now, you know, everybody's in quarantine, so there's not much they can do inside. Um, so catch up on some podcast episodes that you missed that I'm sure will bless you. And I just want you to remember that during this time, it's important to listen to the news just to be informed. Yeah. But playing it 24-7 in your house is really not recommended. No. You really want to focus on godly things. Put, Amen. you know, uh, gospel music, put uh, Christian music, worship music. Focus on spending more time with God. Uh, you know, focus on these verses that uplift you. Let that be the majority of what you do. Get, you know, into edifying podcasts, uplifting podcasts. And, um, and just limit that to, you know, the, the daily news, just to know what's going on so that you know what, what's going on around you. But don't let that be, you know, what's playing 24-7 yeah. in your home because that's just going to create more fear. They're really good at uh, arousing fear in people and uh, basically controlling them through the media. And we know what fear is. Fear is the opposite of faith. Exactly. And we know that fear is uh, basically demons love feeding off of fear. So... Uh, if you're living in fear, if you make fear enter your household and enter your daily life, guess what? You're you're gonna attract things you you wouldn't want otherwise. So you don't want to open any doors that you that that shouldn't be part of your daily life, your family, your home. You want to keep it uh, pure and protected. And fear is not the way to go. So stay in faith, like Liz said. Uh, there's a friend of mine. It's funny that you mentioned that, Liz. There's a friend of mine who uh, on Facebook posted this and, and I thought it was a, a good reminder. He was saying that it crept up on him very, very subtly uh, as, you know, he wasn't giving into the fear, but then he started listening to the news and a little bit more, a little bit more and more and then more. And then he realized he was plugged on the news almost 24-7 and, and, and panic was taking a hold of him and he was losing in mind. And he's a, and he's a, he's a friend with a very strong mindset. But he said he was—he felt like he was losing his mind. So he shut all the electronics in his house, shut off his phone, and for a whole 24 hours, 
said, I'm not going to let any electronics in my house. And he went outside and he said, and I stared at the sky and I took the deep breaths and I just enjoyed the sunlight warming my face. And he said, I felt alive again and I felt normal again. So basically he was realizing that this was taking a hold of him in a very, very uh, toxic way. Yeah. And he got rid of it by making a decision saying, no, this is not going to enter my house. I'm not going to live like this. This has to stop and I'm going to put an end to it. And you know what? It can creep up on any one of us if we're not careful. That's why you need to stay in faith. That's why you need to make Psalm 91 your, your chant of victory every day. And I, and I want you to really focus and remember that, you know, for those of you that really believe that it's a, either a, a man-made virus that's leashed on people or whether you believe it's a, a real virus that somehow, you know, was created and is spreading everywhere. Either way, either we all way. know that we can be infected um, and this could be harmful to our health, right? And so a lot of you are stressing out about that, but you forget that God gave you the power through his power, we are healed. It, it is done. Through his stripes, yeah. You know, he died on the cross for that reason, for every future virus, for everything that can ail your body, he's died for so that you may have healing power inside of you. So all you need to do is pray and tap into that and say, Lord, you know. Build up your faith. Uh, yeah. Build up your, yeah, exactly. Build up your faith. And uh, we want to encourage you that God's healing power is still alive and present today. And the same God who raised Jesus from the dead is watching over you during this time. So you need to remember how powerful you are as a Christian and how all you need to do if you feel any symptoms is to pray and cast that virus out and throw it in the ocean in and, ask, and ask for God to bring healing and restoration in your body and to boost up your immune system in Jesus' name and really believe it. And it's done. You're yeah. healed. It's not more complicated than that. Yeah, and it's it, it's all through faith, right? I mean, how strong your faith is, that's how the results are going to be. And uh, it's funny because this morning, Liz and I were talking together, and she said, because our kids, you know, this week they they had fear, and then they it was starting to get to them, right? That the conversations that our little friends were having with them in school about the coronavirus and all that. And Liz said a very interesting comment. She said they're afraid because they don't know how powerful they are yet. In Jesus right and I think that's a very good point most of us who fall for fear it's because we don't know how powerful we are in Jesus mm -hmm. we'll leave you with these words and Liz maybe just a reminder for people who are looking for disinfecting their houses or, or yeah, so products that can go help to thrivingonpurpose.com you'll see this episode um, you can click on it you'll see the show notes we're gonna leave all the links to the information we mentioned and I encourage you um, to write to us at info at thrivingonpurpose.com or go to our Facebook page, Thriving On Purpose. You can reach us through us, um, through the messenger there and chit chat with us. And if, uh, you know, you've listened to this podcast and it's blessed you, let us know. Um, if you want any information on anything, let us know. We're here for you guys. Um, so just reach out. So be blessed. And definitely thrive on no matter what for more free resources and content make sure to visit thrivingonpurpose.com 